and I'm Ulvi and you're listening to YA Book. In today's episode we're going to be talking about Clockwork Angel by Cassandra Clare which is the second book in the Inferno Devices series. And we are recording together for like the first time. Um, We actually haven't been. Um, If you couldn't notice, excellent. Um, But now this is very... Okay, it's not easy because the microphone is on a pile of books. But it's fun. Yeah. It's different. Yeah, it's different. It, it's it's like it's it's more fun. I get why like people get I I get why podcasters get so excited when they announce that they're recording in person. Yeah. Because it's just so much more real to be like sitting in a room. That's true. And uh, talking. And surprise, Urvi actually liked this book. Because now I'm emotionally invested. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, now I um. Can I just tell you what happens? No, don't tell me what happens. I will murder you and then I'll you stop the recording. It, though. It's like... I don't care what... I, I, excellent. I don't want to believe it. I, I like unpredictable stuff. I have very high standards. Can you guess what happens? Just guess. Okay, fine. I'll guess. Oh, we have to give the spoiler warning. I'll guess it after somebody. Okay, fine. Um, how are you? I am... I'm good. I have begun to realize that my summer holidays are going to be over in like two weeks and I haven't finished... A lot of your homework? I have like half of it left. Yeah. So that, you know, that's not a, like a nice feeling but i do plan to finish that stuff soon or um face the consequences so uh, yeah w- you <laughs> you <laughs> you um came back from holiday it's been an intense few days what have you been reading okay i finished reading if this gets out oh. by sophie gonzalez and kale dietrich do not search it up i will kill you <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm sorry if I mispronounced that, but um, basically I think it is absolutely your cup of tea. Like, explain it. Can I explain the why? No, I'm gonna explain it first. Why? I'll explain the plot first, then you and then you can talk about why it's your cup of tea. Okay, fine. So I think it's like super your cup of tea. Of uh, course it's basic- it is. Yeah, yeah, it's like on your TBR and stuff. But it's not wine, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> basically, it's about a boy band, and two of the characters in the boy band um, are in a relationship. Yeah, they develop. Attraction, because that was the most like clean way to say that or something. Just seen um, a relationship. Okay, but yeah, basically, basically they fall in love, but they're basically performing in a very restrictive environment. Um, kind of like it. It really reminded me of you know the stories we're hearing today about how being a star is. It's not an easy thing because there's so much restriction and there's so much pressure to constantly be like. You have to have these image, and then the book keeps talking about how the characters need to control their narrative, which is basically like the press can't get any stories about them that the team doesn't endorse, or the there can't be like any um, unsavory news about them. Unsavory being like the fact that two male characters of the band are in love, or the fact that you know one of them is constantly like taking drugs and is, is really suffering uh, from yeah, abuse, substance abuse, substance abuse uh, problems. But none of that can get out. Um, none of that can be told. They're constantly like being like pressured to keep up this perfect image. There's a lot of creative pressure. No, actually, there's no creative pressure because they're just singing like lyrics being manufactured by the theme. It's a horrible like fishbowl environment. And I think the book was really like relevant to today, especially because um, the pop industry is blooming and because of that it's a very unhealthy environment I think for a lot of pop stars and a lot of actors and 
it's hard to live in a life where you're constantly being you don't have any privacy and you're not allowed to lead a normal life mm-hmm. and i think that it's really it was a really good book not because mostly because it was so relevant and so especially as a teenager such an important read because it was like mm-hmm. well you may like like your like songs and movies but then this is the story behind them this is the story behind the people who are having to the the people who are giving you those songs and movies this is their life yeah. not not necessarily all of their life but definitely like a lot of them so um and i thought you like it cuz as a directional obviously like one direction has spoken out a lot about their yeah. issues with management and like uh, really toxic stuff that happened I while they were still together and i yeah. think that um the reason they broke up was because of like all the pressure that management was putting on them to release yeah. albums every year and go on tour i'm also a larry which like no hate guys um <laughs> i think that louis and harry were or are in a relationship so this also i really want to read this book and i've been yeah. looking for it in a bookstore cuz i want the actual physical copy so so that said um i have been reading more um really yeah well, i made some progress on the tabernoa autobiography it's kind of slow books, going because it's not slow going you have no, the like, kid version for me <laughs> She has the kid version, guys. <laughs> no, no, no. The book isn't slow going. I'm not like that into autobiography and nonfiction, so mm-hmm. I don't like. I'm not as invested in it as I would be in a story. So I'm but, not. I'm not like motivated yeah. to pick it up much. But actually, I read the actual one, and she got the kid I th- version. I didn't know it was the kiddie version. I thought it was like a. I I thought it was just like a version, and then I'm stupid, and I didn't notice the fact that it said <laughs> adapted for young readers. <laughs> All right. I'm also reading um The Ivory Key by Akshaya Raman and this is um it's like it's Indian why f- fantasy okay in three words but it's basically about this um this country called Ashoka and this is like in maybe like I I'm not sure about the time period because it's not really specified but I'm assuming like like okay so you know you know how the past 1000 years have been the teens of like the world like Okay, but it's somewhere in the middle of that, maybe the fifteen hundreds or sixteen hundreds or something. Basically, the premise of the novel is that there is magic. I'm not. I I actually like. It's very funny because um, as a person who does not know how to world build, I appreciate the author's extremely like vague description of the magical elements. Sorry, yeah. it's just it's there is magic, and she's not going to tell you any more. She's not going to tell you how the magic works. Um it's excellent because I think I can take inspiration from this. If I ever want to write a fantasy novel, I know where to go because all I have to do is create magic <laughs> and like no science whatsoever. It's great. That aside, the book is about um this royal family um which is actually made up of maharanis. So basically maharani is queen in Hindi. Normally in in most oligarchies or monarchies, there are male rulers, right? But in this from what i can gather she hasn't explicitly said anything but from the context from the plot all of that i i gather that the rulers in this universe are female so they are maharanis instead of maharajas which are kings so um the rajkumar which is the prince is actually like i think he's like he's like a princess he's going to like get betrothed to somebody for like the sake of political alliances he doesn't have much say in his future or his country or anything and it was quite interesting because 
obviously it has the same problem as if males were ruling because whoever's in power is going to make decisions which don't bode well for everybody else the book is basically about magic is running out and there are four no three royal siblings who want to find this magic and they have to do so to replenish the supply because their country ashoka basically runs on magic and ashoka is a fictional country it doesn't actually exist nor has it ever existed but i mean as far as we know but it's it's an interesting book it's the premise is cool and although i don't read a lot of fantasy it's it seems good so far i'm not emotionally invested in the characters yet but i'm hoping that'll happen soon mm-hmm. yeah what are you reading so i finished yes no maybe so by becky becky albertali becky albertali and aisha somebody said 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 how do you remember i don't know my memory is like pretty weird okay. like yeah. cool weird and uh, so i finished that Uh, I'll just give a brief summary. Basically, it's about these two people who are living in the time that Trump was elected as president, and in America, uh, one of them is Muslim, one of them is Jewish. So they're they face like a lot of discrimination, and this is like in their hometown of somewhere in, um in Georgia, somewhere there. Uh, there's this election going to go on, and if the Republican uh gets the like gets elected. then there's this bill that's going to pass where which does not allow um muslim women to wear hijabs and since so then they start campaigning for the other guy like the democratic yeah him and then they uh go door to door canvassing and then soon it's a trope where the boy falls first and then basically i can't tell you who wins at the end because that would be a spoiler but it was a good book overall not like one of my favorites slow moving kind of but yeah you should definitely read it then i finished all the young dudes if you guys have not heard the last episode uh, the last two episodes <laughs> no not last two like last yeah. episode and the episode like a few weeks before that yeah. basically it's a fan fiction but i'm going to talk about it in this podcast because it's it's almost as long as half of the harry potter books combined <laughs> wait this was on um, the, this was on a fan fiction site yeah Okay, so you can, also, you can never quite tell how long they are. Then they just like no. you read it and you just hope that like no, no, no. How it's many words was it? Five hundred, more than five hundred thousand. Wow. Yeah. So I'm really happy. I finished that. Like it took me about a week and two days, and it's basically a Wolf Star fan fiction. If you guys don't know what Wolf Star is, it's basically Remus Lupin and Sirius Black as a couple, and it was set in the time where Harry's father. Harry Potter. If you guys don't know who I'm talking about, no, and and if they thought you were talking about <laughs> Harry Styles, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, Harry Potter. Uh, his father was in school, and it's about the Marauders. If you read Harry Potter, so it's a fan fiction that starts when Remus um, joins Hogwarts, and it ends after the fourth book of Harry Potter. So it's a really long one, and I absolutely loved it. Um, then I am currently reading. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Again, if you guys if I have to give if you guys don't know the story, please read it. Like the Harry Potter series, it's always like going to be like iconic and it's going to I course. feel like it's going to become a classic. Yeah, if they haven't read Harry Potter, they've heard of Harry Potter. Okay, I'm just going to give a summary if you guys have not read Harry Potter, which is very unlikely. But anyways, um it's in the third year. It's in Harry Potter's third year. His best friends Ron 
Weasley and Hermione Granger and this is basically Sirius Black. He's escaped from Azkaban and he's like a mass murderer apparently. Mm-hmm. And he so then they're all telling Harry to be careful. Professor Lupin uh, comes to school to be their defense against the dark arts teacher. He's hiding something. And Sirius Black, people think he's after Harry because... No, no, no. Basically, um... Harry reads about him in a newspaper uh, and that he is a mass mass murderer who is out to kill Harry. And basically he's out to kill Harry because he betrayed Harry's parents. You're getting to like the synopsis of... Yeah. And the reason I wanted to read this again was because I finished All the Young Dudes and I want to read it from Remus and Sirius' point of view. Like, I can't read from their point of view, but like what their point of view might be. I think Prisoner of Azkaban is actually the most... It's the most popular Harry Potter book. Like, if you ask people what their favorite book is, they'll say Prisoner of Azkaban because it just seems to have, like, this this plot of its own. And yeah, it's just, yeah. like, it's there's a very, no, it's a very Vol- appealing book. There's no Voldemort in it. That's yeah. And the third and seventh book of Harry Potter, I think, is the most famous. And the fifth because, okay, I can't say why. Anyways, you can't say why. Uh, yeah. So now, <laughs> actually, to get into the book. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to create that. You remember how, like, last episode I mentioned how I'm going to create, like, a thing where... It's like Anika trying not to spoil the movies and books. <laughs> I can't say that, can I? Uh. No, because it's like it's like Tom Holland trying not <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, Tom Holland is just Tom Holland is a work of art. Okay, like, so spoiler warning for the book. We're gonna be talking about everything that happens. Uh, don't listen to this if you don't. I mean, if you're not gonna read the book, listen to it. So basically, okay, Will, Will asked Magnus to help him with something at the end of the last book. That's where we left off. Let's begin now. The book starts with Will walking in a graveyard. He finds a ghost. The ghost gives him ingredients for something. He goes to Magnus's house. Magnus is trying to summon a demon. It's the wrong demon, so he puts it back. The wrong demon for what? We don't know yet. Yeah. Um, then we open on Tessa and Jem, who are walking in Westminster Abbey. Basically, they open- um, they're going to the council chambers, where they're ruling on the fate of the institute, basically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tessa and Jem basically go to the council. Uh, Will is also there. Will is also there. He joins them. Um, they basically... And by the way, context for this is that Tessa and Jem have kind of built up like a friendship of the past couple of months. Friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> Will kind of like turned Tessa away. And, and we like, figure out why later. Yeah, but basically he was like... Mean. Um, really yeah, he was mean. he was rude to her and he kind of like rejected her. And then she had somewhere... She had to have somewhere to turn to. So she turned to Jem because he's an angel. He's an angel. He is an angel, okay. He's Fine. an absolute angel. Fine. So he okay. helped her and he was a friend, etc. Okay, now in the council chambers, basically, so Benedict Lightwood wants the institute because he thinks that women are not fit for ruling or whatever, yeah. which is really dumb. And Charlotte, they're ruling against Charlotte because she, like, they, they were harboring a spy. They all set off to De Quincey's house, um, leaving the institute unprotected and then two servants died. Um, so, yeah, and then... Basically, the consul, who's like the main guy, who's like kind of like the president, I guess. He's like, fine, two weeks, you have to find Mortmain, who's the bad guy. Uh, otherwise, yes. Benedict Lightwood gets to challenge a claim for head of the institute. Basically, Gideon and Gabriel Lightwood, who are really the sons of Benedict Lightwood, they're supposed to train Sophie, who and is... And Tessa. Yeah, Sophie, Tessa, and Jasmine. Sophie's um, a, uh, Jasmine's lady maid. Uh, no, Tessa. she's the handmaid, like the handmaid, lady yeah. maid... Um, Jessamine is the... She's the shadow hunter. She's the female shadow hunter. Anika, no opinion. This is a <laughs> passive, neutral summary. Okay? And then Tessa's the main character. Yeah, yeah I mean, like... Um, yeah. 
so then after that um they're basically sorting through like all these papers back at the institute trying to figure um, out trying to figure out um like what's going on where's montmain i think they try to look in the yeah, records basically to see if montmain filed something a Oh yeah, he, he filed something against the Shadow Hunters. Yeah, uh, because um, Tessa is convinced that he, um, his hate, his hatred of Shadow Hunters is personal. So it's it is. not just like I want power and you're taking it away from me. It is personal. It is personal. So they find out that um, uh, the Shadow Hunters actually killed uh, Mortmain's parents, who are warlocks. So they adopted a human child because warlocks are um, infertile and. Um, uh, basically, they killed him because he was tinkering around with clockwork automatons. Yeah, then they okay. go to the York Institute. Right, right. Mortbane's house is in York. And basically, the um, the old current house. head of the institute in York Aloysius, is really old. Aloysius Starkweather. So, he is really old and he must have been there when, you know, all this happened with Mortbane's parents and stuff. Basically, Charlotte sends him a letter. His, uh, he tells her that he's not going to tell her anything. Yeah. Because there was this old feud between their fa- between uh, Charlotte's father and Aloysius. So basically, Jem, Will, and Tessa go, and uh, Tessa's acting as like Jem's fiance, which is kind yeah. of ironic. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. It's, now and, I see it. Yeah, yeah, and then they go there, and 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 this is. I think this must be important later. But Aloysius has this weird reaction when he sees Tessa. The next morning, they go to Mortman's old house. So they see Will's sister, Cecily. Which is like, and then Will goes like, Cecily. And then um, Tessa remembers that he said it earlier. And she, okay, first she thinks that it's a lover. Yeah. Let's be honest, she thinks she thinks it's a lover. And then um, she finds out that it's Will's sister. And basically, Will hasn't met his family since he was 12. And he's like, And he ran away. Yeah. When he ran away. And, and basically, uh, he wants to go after her. And like in the heat of the moment, but then Jem holds him back and drags him away. Yeah. And then Jem tells them that there's been a clockwork um, automaton uh, following them for a while. And that he didn't want to say anything because he thought like it would distract them. But then now they chase it in the woods. Will and Jem disappear, but Tessa's following them. Yeah, and then the and that's automaton... a powerful feat also because she's wearing like petticoats and corsets. Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> um, no he corners Tessa. Then he says something like, I'm a threat, like I was sent by Mortmain. Beware, like, don't continue this. Yeah, stop, stop the search. Will stabs it. Uh, they bury it. Oh, one minute. I'm sorry, we forgot to mention a detail from earlier. So at training, Jessamine doesn't show up to any of the sessions because she claims to have a headache. Uh-huh. Uh, basically, Gabriel Lightwood is assigned to like work with Tessa, whereas Gideon works with Sophie. And yeah, that was kind of important. Um, anyway, so... And then they go back to London Institute. Will runs away to uh, Magnus's house where... Mm-hmm. He wants to be sent to the demon realms. And yes. Magnus is like, oh, wait. And then, I'm not and sending then, you And there. then Will tells us why he's so... Yeah, he lets Magnus know. Until then, he hadn't even told Magnus why he wanted this particular demon summoned. He says that when he was 12 years old, he opened a pixis, which is basically like a cage, I think. No, it's, it's a box where demon energies are contained. Yeah. He went to his father's office, office um, and he accidentally opened a pixis. He didn't know what it was. And in the Pixis was a demon who rose up and Marvis. and then his sister came in and she was like Pro- was protecting him with this like a sword like yeah that thing. Uh, um, but but his sister wasn't Cecily. He had an older sister whose name was Ella and this was that sister. And then, then the, the demon, demon got really mad. No, he no, flung no. Ella away with his tail. Said, yeah, he said he he told Will, I curse you. Everybody who loves you will die. Um, starting with her, and he pointed at Ella. 
Then Will was like really scared, but then Ella reassured him, saying it's nothing, it'll be fine. But the next morning, Ella was dead in her bed, just like just like that. Like, yeah, and so Will saw red. He told Magnus. He ran away from home. He told Magnus, and Magnus couldn't believe it. But then yeah. he still didn't let Will go into the demon realms because it's really yeah. dangerous. Uh, but basically, Will the 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 thing is because Will has always been like this really cutting guy. He's always like he doesn't. He's awesome. never truly joyful. He's always like either sarcastic or he's depressed or he's like maniacal or he's or he's something. He's never like positive. He's never just pure unbridled joyful. And now we know why. We know why he's like constantly cutting down the people who love him. Not because. He doesn't love them back. He loves them back so much that he doesn't want them to die. And Jem, um, he's he loves Jem because you know Jem is dying. Then Will disappears. So then Magnus sends a note to Tessa, and Tessa tells Jem, and they go and find Will in like. Okay, it's thing. a but it's like a downworld creature, downworlder like. Opium den, like yeah, kind of. it's like a den where they basically all like come together and they uh, take substances which are not some of them are illegal. Some of them are literally just like. They're demon substances, basically. Yeah. Jem and Tessa find Will, and then Jem is so mad because, you know, Jem depends on a demon drug to live, and he doesn't know what... He thinks Will is, like, mocking it. Like, I'm going to die, and why are you doing that? Like, you still have your life ahead of you or something, and you're just taking this, and you're ruining your life. So, um, Jem gets really angry. It's the first time he's ever angry at Will. So then they go back to the institute. Mm, Okay, well... Well, Tessa is trying to figure out why Jem is mad. Um, Will is in his room and she's like, okay, I have to go and find Jem because he's really mad. Like, she's never seen Jem this mad before. So she goes to Jem and Jem is really agitated. He's playing his violin so, like, ferociously that one of the strings just snaps. And she's like, oh my God, like, what happened? Talk to me. And then he finally says, like, it really hurt to see Will, who's, like, my parapetai. Basically, his brother in oath and not in blood, but in brother. everything else. Yeah. Um... And he was basically abusing the one substance that's going to slowly kill Jem. Because Jem is obviously like he's dying from a demon poison. So he's like, this is... It was just really hurtful yeah. to see him uh, like abusing also, the yeah. substance. Also, um, they figured out that werewolves are actually taking the demon drug that Jem yeah, survives yeah, yeah. on. Yeah. And they don't know why. Uh, no, Jem and Tessa also like... He says something like... And she, he's burning up. And she looks at him and she's like, are you okay? And then and he's basically like, they have a moment. They have a moment, yeah. That's a very, very nice way of putting it. They have a moment. <laughs> and then uh, Tessa knocks over his supply of his de- the demon drug that he needs. Me scrabbling around on the floor for the drug that keeps me alive. And basically in the next um, next training session, Sophie, Sophie slaps Gabriel. <laughs> Gabriel was ragging on Charlotte. So Sophie slaps him. Okay, and then Sophie and Gideon also start getting closer, I think. Yeah, they do, they do. Because uh, Tessa and Will, like, leave the room and then they start talking. Yeah, and Tessa and Sophie... Will go to, like, the living room. Oh, yeah, Will asks Tessa why Jem is mad at him. And then she says that, like, it really hurt him to see you abusing, like, the thing. Woosley Scott. Woosley. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, this werewolf, like, Charlotte comes into the room with this werewolf called Woolsey Scott. And Woolsey Scott is, like, your traditional, like, really, like, scandalous character. He's, like, he's, like, that guy who just comes in, assumes that, like, two people just because they were talking together clearly must be in some sort of affair together. And they, and he's, like, he's just completely, like, self-absorbed and he does not care about anything that's currently happening. Yeah. He's, like, it's, he's awesome, basically. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's really obsessed with, like, the arts and then... And yeah. yeah, and they basically ask him about the werewolves that are taking the demon drug. And then uh, 
Charlotte receives a letter from Ragnar Fell, who's a warlock, who she asked to keep an eye on Will's family. And basically he's talking about how they've been living in the countryside for like a year because uh, Will's father, he he lost the money gambling and stuff. Um, okay, then Jem and Will patch things up. Jem starts talking about how Will pushes everyone away and how like nobody can ever love him if he, act, if he just keeps everybody at arm's length. Which like that's his. That's that's he has to do that because exactly. Yeah, otherwise. Okay, now it's now it's the fun part. Um, <laughs> cool. <laughs> then uh, Sophie comes into the room and she has blood on her cheek. And then Tessa's like, "What happened?" And she's like, "I hit Miss Jessamine in the <laughs> mirror <laughs> because she was trying to sneak out." And basically, she got an invitation from Benedict Lightwood to come to his house for a party. <laughs> and then on the back is a note from Nate. And this is like my dear Jessie or whatever. And oh my god, she betrayed them again. Yeah, and then they tied Jessamine up basically. And then Tessa changed into uh, Jessamine so she can go to the party. And Will escorts her because, you know, he's Will. <laughs> he's Will and he's awesome. And then so they go to the manor house and basically what happens is everyone's like partying. And then Benedict Lightwood has like. He's on a couch with the demon woman. Yeah. And uh, so Tessa meets Nate. And then Nate starts telling her stuff because he thinks she's just mean. And basically what he tells her is that Bendik Lightwood has been working for Mortmain. And that, that actually Jasmine and Nate are married, which is a huge surprise. Like, and and Jasmine has been yeah. betraying the Institute for like a long time. And she's hidden uh, a warlock book, like the Book of White, which is a lot of spells, in Tessa's room. So that she'll be arrested for having, like, dark magic stuff. That Bendik Lightwood would t- get her and then Mortmain would take her from Bendik Lightwood because Mortmain still wants her. And then basically Will, um, Will sends a note to Nate. Nate. Um, pretending to be Mortmain saying, like, okay, you come call yeah. me. Then Nate leaves before and he then, can kiss Tessa. Thank goodness. Thank God. That would yeah. be the thing. And then basically Will and Tessa... They go outside. Why do they go outside? Oh yeah, and Tessa also had lemonade. Blank d- lemonade. Lemonade. Pink lemonade. And then uh, stuff happens. They have a moment. <laughs> and then Magnus Bain comes while they're having the moment. And then he's like, "Oh, did you have some of the lemonade?" And they're like, "Yeah." And he's like, and "He's like, it yeah, has wall of powders in it." Yeah, it removes your inhibitions basically. And then basically Tessa's changed into herself by then, and then Magnus whisks them yeah, out. Yeah, because um, she changes into herself when she has like a sh- when she's shocked. And then she's she, so she shocked by Jesse and Nate being married. Yeah, so, she started to lose it. Yeah, and then they got magicked out. And then Will sees Will mm-hmm. sees a demon that he thinks is the one that cursed him. And it actually was. So he starts chasing it around the lawn. Which, so Will gets bitten by the demon. And he's so happy that he got bitten by the demon. And he goes to uh, Magnus' house. Because he's got the Yeah, he's got the demon's tooth. Uh, so he goes to Magnus' house. And Tessa's kind of in like her mind yeah magnus just basically like sent um tessa back to the institute because he knew will would go to him yeah because he knew why the demon was there and then yeah but tessa's kind of like because the night before she had a moment with gem and And now she's just really confused because she basically both loves both of them equally and she like has no idea how to choose yeah and she knows that like by choosing one she's gonna break the heart of the other but then at the same time she has no idea if this thing with will was permanent so she keeps telling herself like it's gem like or he like does he thinks you're beneath him yeah yeah and then and then will so then will gets poisoned because the demon's bite was poisonous and basically while uh while he's passed out 
Camille comes back, who's a uh, Magnus's oh, yeah. girlfriend. She comes back, and uh, then uh, then Magnus like, I had someone follow you. You didn't go to Paris. Uh, you went to live with one of your human lovers. Yeah, and then Camille's like, Yeah, if we're gonna be together forever, you have to excuse my um like something distractedness or something. And Magnus yeah. like, No, I want somebody who like stay with me faithful. Which is kind of a big thing for immortality. Just yeah, that's that's what I was thinking at least. And then and then he's like, but I have a nephilim now. And then he's like, and then he wakes like, Will up and then he just kisses Will. Yeah, he wakes Will up and he kisses Will and Will is like, what? What just <laughs> happened, man? And then basically Magnus goes and stays with and Woolsey Scott. And keep in mind, this is like the what is it? What is it 18, like the eighteen nineteen hundreds? Eighteen nineties. Yeah, kind of around the like, beginning of the nineteen hundreds. So homophobia. Basically, Magnus is like, yes, I can uh, summon the demon, but it'll take me a few days. So then Will's like, okay. He's a new light, and then when he goes back... Okay, and then they go back, and um, Sophie wakes Charlotte up, and she gets brother Enoch, uh, because they have to see if uh, just means telling the truth. So they get the mortal sword, which makes Nephilim tell the truth, like what they believe is the truth, and then Jessamine starts spilling everything, like how Benedict Lightwood... um, was working for the magister and all that stuff. She doesn't and know. And Nate and her are married. And how Nate how, yeah. And how long she's been betraying them for. And then uh, Brother Enoch takes her to the silent city so they can dig in her mind a bit more. And Jessamine said that Tessa's mother was a shadow hunter and her father was a demon, but that's not possible because the children are stillborn, so basically Orvid still doesn't know what Tessa is. Yeah, I have no idea what she is. I'm very confused. Yeah. Uh, the next day, I think... Tessa and Jem, they go to the silent city and they have a long talk about how they love each other and blah, blah, blah. Uh, they go to the silent city to talk to Jessamine because um, they need to ask her to have Nate meet Tessa as Jessamine somewhere. Mm-hmm. So then Jessamine agrees because otherwise she won't be shown leniency. Yeah. So they set up a meeting point. The shadow hunters go ahead and they hide while Nate comes. But then surprise, Nate knows it's not Jessamine anymore. Yeah. So he has like a little bit of conversation with Jasmine, Jasmine, Tessa. Yeah. And then he reveals that he knows and then like they have like a little fist fight. Meanwhile, the shadow hunters start up in the shadows. They're like, they find this um, werewolf werewolf who's like one of the ones that's been eating demon drugs and um, making automatons for Mortmain. Yeah. And then he dies uh, because he's really Yeah, he he dies. I know because he lost the plies, so he dies. Yeah, and uh, then an automaton comes out of the shadows, like a huge one, and it's holding Charlotte in his hands. And then Henry tries to save Charlotte when she fell down, because yeah. Nate told the uh, automaton to drop Charlotte. Tessa realizes she can change into Nate. Yeah. And so she changes into Nate, and she does the automaton stop. And then... Um, grab Nate also. And then and then she throws like the device that Henry made to like um, dismantle automatons to Will. And then... Will jumps down from the automaton after like activating the device uh-huh. and then he like covers Tessa covers with his Tessa body because it explodes and explodes because Tessa has moved she didn't know what he was saying yeah and then Tessa realizes that her brother is dying so she goes to she rushes to him and, and she, she, like, she forgives him because that's what all heroines do and then but she didn't actually forgive him she just said that Please and then she realizes that Will is really her Tessa blacked out because she's got a, like a yeah. huge cut in her But head. Will is like losing blood. Yeah. Blood. And then they go to the institute and she has like dreams about Jasmine in the silent city. Who is basically, she's scratching her initials Jasmine yeah. Grey onto a wall and then the diamond she was scratching them with supposedly, probably giving to her Yeah, it was. 
breaks. Yes. Wasn't actually diamond. And she realizes that it wasn't a diamond. Yeah, and then basically Jem says, I love you to Tessa. She doesn't know if it's a dream or not. So. Yeah. And I don't want to lose you. Yeah, I Chinese. don't want to lose you. Yeah. She thinks she's still dreaming when Will is on her bed. And he's like, they kind of like have a moment where like not she's a, hugging not him. Not a moment, but a moment. Yeah, like where she's just hugging him and she's like, yeah. oh, since this is a dream, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not and a dream. Then, yeah. then I think Will goes to Magnus's house that night. And then, then Magnus calls the demon and he, Will realizes that there was never a curse on him at all. The yeah. demon just hit her, his sister with uh, his tail, which had like poison, I think, yeah. demon poison. So then he's been living that whole like lie the past five years, pushing everybody away from him. Yeah. So then he can't wait to tell Tessa. But then, okay, wait, and but there's more stuff going on right now. Um, meanwhile, Gideon and Sophie, who've been getting closer and closer, right? They see each other like outside the city, yeah. like like they they meet each other and they're like slowly like sort of falling in love. Yeah, and then um, Jem proposes to Tessa. Yeah, he says, um, since we're probably gonna lose the institute, I don't want you to lose you. I could keep you safe if you're married to me. And then also because he loves her. Yeah. And she also loves him. So then they're engaged now. And this is when Will is realizing that he can finally tell Tessa how he feels. But then that night, they go to Benedict Lightwood. Because Because they realize that uh, he has demon box. And this is like a very funny thing because Will, since like the first book, has been saying demon box exists. And then the others are like, no. But it does. It does, not exist. it does exist. And you have, you get demon. It's like AIDS, sort of. You get it by um, yeah, it like AIDS. having um, sexual Relation. relations with a demon. He gave it to his wife, and then his wife died, and then he told everybody it was by a suicide. And so they go and they like kind of dangle it over Benedict's head, like blackmailing him. Yeah. Benedict agrees, and then Gideon goes with the institute, with the institute because he doesn't want to live with his father anymore. Because his father's done a lot of horrible things. But yes. Gabriel refuses. Gabriel stays with yeah. Benedict. I think the same night, um, Will tells Tessa what happened. But she has to push him away. Yeah. Because um, she realizes that she has to break one of the boy's hearts. And she doesn't want to break gems because she's even, already engaged to him. And Even Will like is a really selfless guy. So he's like, his love for Jem is too much. She knows she can't break their friendship by doing that Jem or Will. Yeah. So she has to like kind of tell Will like, no, I'm engaged. And Will's like, him. please don't tell Jem that I told you I love you to break his heart. So yeah. that's like really selfless because they just love yeah. each other too much. And then uh, basically sh- the next day they have a party because they're keeping the institute because um, they went to the council chambers and Benedict Lightwood like forfeited his claim. Uh, yeah, yes. then there's these bumblebee things that were... Basically, Mortman was spying on the council. Yeah. yeah. Gem and Tessa tell the like crowd that they're engaged. And then yeah. Will's the one who stands up and congratulates yeah. them. And then, then Charlotte, Charlotte uh, announces that she's pregnant. No, because Charlotte and Henry, so basically they had an arranged marriage. And for like all this time that they've been married, they both thought that like... They didn't love each other. Yeah, they just thought like, oh, like this person is like, they don't love me. Like, I But love then they them. do love like, each other. And then they like, basically they had like really bad communication skills. And then they finally like tell yeah. each other. And then they and work then, it out. Um, and then so there's a knock on the door and it's like Will's sister, Cecily. He's like... I'm a shadow hunter and I've come to be trained at the institute. And that's yeah. where it ends. Okay, now moving on to thoughts on any character plot. Do we? Well, I don't know what to think about the love triangle. I'm very confused. I, I'm sure the author knows what she's doing and she'll figure it out and like fix but it. What do you think will happen? I want Tessa and Will to be together. I will talk about that like in a little bit. But yeah, I think that the sister dynamic would be interesting. I, I'm wondering what she's like, her personality. I think. Who do you think she'll like? get together with 
Okay, look, look, look. If she got together with Jem, it would tie things up so nicely. I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I like neat and happy endings. Okay, so if she got together with Jem, then Jem would be free to tell Tessa, but then Tessa wouldn't mind because she could get together with Will. It would all be like this happy little thing. Okay. But that's my only theory. I think that um, Mortman has to die because if he doesn't die, then it will become like um, well, Misha worse. You think Tessa and Will will end up together? Um, I hope so because I think that there are a lot more. I'm not looking at your eyes because I, I think your eyes are gonna like betray you. But yeah, but I I do think that they're a very authentic like thing because I feel like with um this leads just leads me on to my next point. So Jem is basically my favorite. If I had to choose between like if I had to choose between being with like Jem and being with Will, I would choose Jem because Jem is like he's just so good, fundamentally good, and I think that he's a really nice person who you you want to have him in a relationship with you because he's just such a good person that you know he like treat you with a lot of kindness and respect Tessa and Will Tessa and Will are like there's a spark there that isn't there with Tessa and Jem because at this point Tessa's literally with Jem because she doesn't want to break his heart I was talking about how Jem is like the calm sea and Will is like a raging storm even oh, when yeah. he he realizes that the curse is not there he's still gonna be like that his emotions are a lot more I don't know, like brighter if you think about like yeah. his, he shows I think he'll show his emotions more. Jem is more like he's not gonna let things like affect him like Will does. Like he's very like collected. Even in his emotions, he's not an intense person. He's a very like mild person. It Will just feels everything intense, yeah. on like a very, very like That's why Will He feels is, everything on an exponential level, okay? Will and he's awesome. You know, his I, I like him for his dialogues. He's one of those characters who I could like read the dialogues of all day because they're so funny. So my second thought is that um, I think that Henry and Charlotte, I think they're really sweet like as a couple. Like, they're very like realistic in like their miscommunications and yeah, and they're just very sweet because like, like we I think we spoke about this last episode. Henry like might be on the autism spectrum, like he tries and it's very clear that he tries, but then it still leads to like him just saying the wrong thing at the wrong time and then Charlotte going Henry. <laughs> you're like you don't know what you're doing but show it okay my thought is that like i the first time i read it i couldn't believe that jesse actually betrayed them again because it's like a typical thing and i thought that it wouldn't happen because you know it was too obvious me too and, like so there's this uh, there's this show i was watching just a random like analog- analogy called modern family and there's this girl who's like like kind of flirtatious and no she does all the guys and she gets pregnant it's, it's like she gets pregnant okay. and her sister who's like the smart studious one doesn't there's like a thing like people expected her to get pregnant and it would have been such a much better storyline if her sister had gotten pregnant you know yeah because like you didn't expect that so this was like an expected thing and i didn't yeah like actually she's, she's quite a skillful author and most of the things that she does aren't predictable they aren't like boring and she doesn't do tropes that often yeah i mean it's kind of impossible to do something and not have it be part of a trope at this point especially if you're writing romance because there's always going to be something going on which has already been done but i think she does manage to be quite original most of the time okay uh favorite passages i wanted to talk about this passage gem is my greatest sin so i saw this thing online um like i think it was a tweet Somebody's like, there's no heterosexual reason behind this. Who says that? Trans <laughs> <Jasmine> with <laughs> benefits. <laughs> yeah. So then I was just thinking, I don't ship Jem and Will. Yeah, no. They're like brothers. But I can see how people <laughs> would ship them. Yeah. Because they're, yeah, it's just their dynamic. The, the they're also like opposites funny. attract. Very much opposites attract. But yeah. This is and, not- and 
their love could be interpreted as romantic yeah. instead of platonic right okay and then i have this uh this is when will is telling tessa he loves her and it's like something he said about books it was books that kept me from taking my own life after i thought i could never love anyone never be loved by anyone again it was books that made me feel that perhaps i was not completely alone they could be honest with me and i with them i've always felt this from like a really young age um i do like human relationships obviously i'm not like a, that much of a loner but there's something about human relationships which are which is very flawed because people have feelings right and there's like miscommunication that happens and your interests don't always like entirely match up with the persons yeah. and like no no one friendship can be perfect because there are always like flaws in it that you'll have like arguments that are like things you don't things you find annoying about the person even if you love them very deeply that's not the case with the book you can put a book down without hurting its feelings it's always like there for you when you come back it's an escape it's something that makes you feel better and honestly I like this line a lot because a I relate to it obviously it's books are my solace but also this is why Tessa and Will work this connect yeah. they literally talk about literature and poetry all the time yeah they they Tessa is the only one who can put Will in his place yeah and give him as smart a alaki comments as he gives to everybody else their personalities match so basically this is I have a funny one and then I have a serious one um the serious one I'll do first then i'll break it up with the comical one this one is will um he's basically talking about i think a tale of two cities with tessa and tessa is talking about why he's like who he's quoting from the book after all it was never darney he quoted only sydney drunk and wrecked and dissipated sydney who died for love i think that this is either some really painful foreshadowing i'm really hoping will doesn't die because I think that he should end up with Tessa. I think that this says a lot about like Tessa's ability to see people's emotions. Tessa's like, very observant. She doesn't know what's wrong with Will. She has absolutely no idea at this point at this point that he's pushing her away because he's been cursed. She can tell even now that he's quoting the broken guy, the broken guy who loves people but is going to die for it. Yeah, but he's basically quoting the broken character. Mm-hmm. You know? And then I have a comic one. I have a lot of comic ones saved. Yeah. But this one's the best, okay? Ah, said a voice from the doorway. Having your annual everyone thinks Will is the lunatic meeting, are you? It's biannual, said Jem. And no, this is not that meeting. Okay, so favorite minor character, Woolsey Scott. He's awesome. He's just awesome. We explain He's a, he's like there. he's a stuck-up little like awesome, sarcastic, witty guy. He's very selfish. He doesn't care about the mission or the good of the world. Yeah. Just like art and his own pursuits yeah. and it's funny. So it's both of our favorite minds. But but like his scenes with him are very entertaining. Yeah. Bulzi and Magnus are like an iconic duo. They would have made a good couple. They would have. I think we liked about the book. Okay. So basically I like the bravery of the author in creating her love triangle. Okay, normally love triangles are like there are easy solutions and you can see the easy solutions and you can tell how it's going to work out. But this one is like it's so complicated. I can't see an ending. I tend to like speculate how books end. I think most of us do, but I can't. I can't figure out how it's gonna end. I just can't. I wrap my head around it. And yeah, it's I a think, complete like whoa. Yeah, I think she's very brave because she just created like this crazy thing, and now she's gonna like eventually solve it somehow. She's done it like so masterfully that she's basically she's making us feel the entire time. 
you can see why Tessa belongs with Jem. You can see why Tessa belongs with Will. Maybe you have a leaning towards one or the other. But at the same time, you can you can see why the emotions of everybody involved are so is so important. And yeah. how nobody wants to hurt anybody else's feelings, but it's so hard. Like, this is, ah, this is so painful. I'm with the characters. I'm feeling what they're feeling and I'm hurting for them. It's great. Are you cursed? Do you have a bone to pick with a demon? Do you have a ritual which you need to perform but cannot because you are not a warlock? No worries. Try Magnus Bane. Magnus Bane has years of being a warlock behind him and will doubtless handle your spiritual problems with ease and much unnecessary humour. Terms and conditions apply. For example, if you have nefarious purposes that lead to the harm of people Magnus considers friends, you may wake up next to the river Thames with no memory of the last week. Magnus who? Most of the time, however, he is an able warlock and he will be willing to help you out. Be sure not to contact him with a verification code YA book. And uh, good luck with the demons. Next, songs that embody the book. Yay, you can go first. Okay, so Are You Bored Yet by um, Wallows featuring Claro. Basically, I thought this kind of showed Jem's feelings towards Tessa. Because, you know, Jam's a very, like, he's a wholehearted person. You feel like, like, you want to keep him safe, don't you? Like, that's... Yeah. So then this is uh, part of the chorus. Because we could stay at home and watch the sunset, but I can't help from asking, are you bored yet? And if you're feeling lonely, you should tell me before this ends up as another memory. Will you tell the truth so I don't have to lie? Basically, Jam is asking Tessa if she's bored yet, if she doesn't want to be with him. I feel like Jem is the kind of person who would have these misgivings or and insecurities. Yeah, and insecurities. Yeah. Will would not be. He's the kind of like giver who just gives and then like is so worried still that he's not giving enough and it's so painful to watch because yes, you're giving enough. You're so selflessly giving. How is it okay. not enough? The next song is Land Without a Hook by Ricky Montgomery which is, I was telling my friend that this just showed Will and Tessa's relationship like way before we're doing this for the podcast. Flash forward to seven months later and you're like doing this on audio. It was like good luck. A month ago, but okay, sure. Fine. Um, so also valid. It says, she's a she's a lady and I am just a boy. He's singing, she's a she's a lady and I'm just a line without a hook. Baby, I am a wreck when I'm without you. I need you here to stay. Basically, so Will is in love with Tessa. I mean, everyone knows that. Actually, the reason he started looking for the demon was because his love for her was too strong. So it's like, baby, I'm a wreck without you. It kind of shows that relationship. Mm -hmm. And next song is Boyfriend by Dove Cameron. It's an amazing song. Yes, stuck in a lot of people's heads. I feel like this Will would be telling Tessa this. I mean, he did tell her at the beginning, but then his love for Jem just got too much. So just, this is like the moment he realized that Jem and Tessa were in a relationship. Like, I could be a better boyfriend than him. I could do the stuff that he never did. Up all night, I won't quit, thinking I'm going to steal you from him. Will is saying, like, you should, you could, you should be with me. You should be with me. Uh, But then after that, like five minutes after that, he realizes that he wants Jem to be happy. So then he's like, yeah, just don't hurt him. So. It's a very emotionally complicated argument. Yeah. Again, speaking to how good she is as a writer. Yeah. Um, just in her ability to like make you see both sides. Like, hurt for everybody equally. Yeah. So the next song, last song is, uh, I have a lot more, but we're just doing like four each. A Sit Still Look Pretty by Dea. So I thought this showed Charlotte because Charlotte is like a feminist queen. Yes. <laughs> I know the other girls want to wear expensive things like diamond rings. But I don't want to be the puppet that you're playing on a string. 
this queen don't need a king. Oh, I don't know what you've been told, but this girl right here is going to rule the world. Yeah, that's where I'm going to be because I want to be. No, I don't want to sit still, look pretty. This yeah. is just explains Charlotte's whole personality. So now on to my songs. My first song is Wild Things by Alessia Cara. Basically, it's about outsiders or people who feel like they don't belong in social situations or they something. Um, I'm going to read the first verse. Find table spaces, say, say your social graces, bow your head, they're pious here. But you and I were pioneers. We make our own rules, our own room, no bias here. Let them sell what they are selling, there are no buyers here. So gather all the rebels now, we'll rebel, rouse and sing aloud. We don't care what they say, no way, no way. And we will leave the empty chairs to those who say we can't sit there. We're fine all by ourselves. Basically everybody in the London Institute, family of completely like weird people. Basically, the world keeps telling them that they can't do stuff. They keep looking down on Jem because of his condition. They keep looking down on Charlotte because she's a woman and she's strong. And they keep telling her she's not. And Henry but, because he's autistic. Yeah. But they still, like, work Be through awesome. it all. Awesomeness. Yeah. They basically just prove them wrong every single book. My next song is I'm Fakin' by Sabrina Carpenter. Basically, this one is about a relationship where um, nobody is saying what they mean. It's about a messed up relationship or like where people are... She literally says we're messed up and we like it. I, I do think that some of it is quite relevant to Will because Will is basically having to hide behind his words the entire time. He can't let the people know be he loves know that he loves them because they'll die and he doesn't want that because he loves them. So he has to keep basically pushing them away, giving them reasons to hate him. I think the chorus... I'm slamming the door, but I'm staying. I make up my mind, then I change it. It's you that I want when we're breaking. Every time I tell you that we're done, I'm faking. I'm losing the game that I'm playing. Keep pulling me close, because I'm caving. Don't forget the way words that I'm saying. Every time I tell you that we're done, I'm faking. So I think it's important, because I think that he's really lucky to have the people who stuck by him, even when he was constantly breaking their hearts. They still stuck by him, and now they know why. It was all worth it in the end. Uh, my next song is Tenerife Sea by Ed Sheeran. And I have like countless songs about Will and Tessa. Like I said, I really think that they've got something going. Um, if not only because they, they clearly bond over a lot of things and they're quite similar. And I think that they just work. Basically, Tenerife Sea is about like just the, like the sight of being in love. Because Will is ho- having to hold all of these feelings inside. So maybe like this song could be for when he like finally lets out. He like finally tells Tessa everything he's been thinking because he doesn't have a reason not to anymore. You look so wonderful in your dress. I love your hair like that. The way it falls in the side of your neck, down your shoulders and back. We are surrounded by all of these lies and people that talk too much. You got that kind of look in your eyes as if no one knows anything but us. Should this be the last thing I see? I want you to know that it's enough for me because all that you are is all that I'll ever need. I'm so in love. And it's it's a really, really beautiful song. The lyrics, the tune, everything is just so like, it stirs your soul. I really like it. So my next song is Tightrope from The Greatest Showman. In, in, the, in the movie, the character is singing about the fact that she let everything go to be with her husband. She trusted him so much. She was like, you're different, but I get you. And I get where you're going and I get where you're going to take me. I trust you to just let go of everything I've ever known and come with you blindly. It, then he kind of like messed up um, a little bit when he was off touring with like this woman who he hired for his circus act and um, she's just kind of wondering if he's still like in love with her or what's happening. So I thought this one was really valid for like Jessamine and Nate because 
Nate is he isn't even actually married to Jessamine. They yeah. yeah, they think it's like probably like a fake marriage. Even the diamond was fake. Everything was fake. I'm going to read the chorus. Hand in my hand and you promise to never let go. We're walking a tightrope. High in the sky we can see the whole world down below. We're walking a tightrope. Never sure will you catch me if I should fall. Well, it's all an adventure that comes with a breathtaking view. Walking a tightrope with you. And the song is really really beautiful. The vocals are phenomenal. She sings it with like so much emotion that you can feel it. I think it's really relevant the entire song even though I just sung a little bit of it. Uh the books, the other books like it's basically the whole Shadowhunter universe. You can search it on Goodreads or, or uh, Google or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So Thanks. ratings Uh so I rated I I'm, I'm taking a page out of your book. There's not I'm just like I'm not emulating you or anything. But I think your rating system makes sense in some ways. Because like a five star rating is a very like broad one, and I I wanted to like portray how I actually like this book a little bit le- better than the last one because like I said the author kind of she she pulled me in into her web okay she like gave the characters realistic emotions like I'm kidding I liked it like she wrote it pretty well and basically I gave it four point two five out of five because it's a little bit better than the last one because now I'm emotionally attached to the characters I want to see what happens. Okay, I'm gonna go a step higher than Orvi and say I liked it four point three. Oh my god! Okay, like you just <laughs> see, we're so competitive. She just like she just doesn't show it. She's smart about like showing it, but like yeah. Yeah, I it's like dumb. the book a lot. I'm in love with Will. Well, we hope that you enjoyed the episode. Our theme music is by Silent Partner. Subscribe so you're updated on our new episodes and share with fellow book lovers. We have a blog where we used to post weekly, but now occasionally frequent. So please check that out. We also have a Spotify account where we've compiled some playlists for our previous books. Next, we'll be reading Clockwork Princess by Cassandra Clare, um, which is the next book in the Infernal Devices series. Read ahead if you want, and we'd love it if you sent us an email about your thoughts on this book, any other book we've done thus far, or recommendations for literally any books. Okay, anything book related, we will feature you on the podcast. Thank you. Also, we have a Goodreads forum. where we would like to talk about books with you we haven't actually said anything on it yet but eventually we will come to that thank you for listening and bye, bye. being very specific okay fine <laughs> Th- th- this is how i think well they don't think